Welcome to the Ad Heart Podcast, the podcast that inspires heart-first living. This is where you'll get practical tools to reduce stress, inspire creative action, and energize your personal growth momentum, along with ways to apply these tools. And now, here's your host, Deborah Rosman. Welcome to the Ad Heart Podcast, inspiring forward movement and heart-powered intention. I'm Deborah Rosman, your host, and our topic for this episode is Ad Heart to Integrity. And my guest for this episode is Martha Beck, author of a new book, The Way of Integrity, which I feel is so timely as we are witnessing a global loss of integrity in politics and media reporting, where intentional disinformation is impacting social media, climate change, political discourse, what the Russian and Chinese people and others are being told about the current Russian invasion of Ukraine and so much more. Martha Beck is a life coach, speaker, columnist for O, the Oprah Magazine, and author of several best-selling books, including Expecting Adam, Finding Your Own North Star, Leaving the Saints, and now The Way of Integrity. Welcome, Martha. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. It's so great to be here. So let's get right into it. What do you mean by integrity? Well, I don't mean a sort of virtuous sort of Sunday school prudish. The word has that, that sort of resonance in English. But what I'm meaning is the literal definition of integrity, which is simply intact. So whole and undivided is what integrity means. And uh, the way of integrity is resolving the places where we are internally divided from ourselves so that we come into what, into coherence, right? Heart yeah. math is all about coherence. And it's, it's basically the same concept that you, if you can bring all your meaning making systems together, body, heart, mind, soul is the way many cultures divide it. If you can get all of those to be telling the same story and on the same page, you get to an inner peace and uh, uh, serenity that spreads through your whole life and helps you create everything you want. So it's really very similar to what you folks at HeartMath are talking about. Absolutely, which is probably why I resonated with it so much. Mm, That's sometimes yeah. just the term integrity. It's kind of like inner dignity to me. It, mm. Even when the term just aligns me, if I really tune into the frequency of the word, yeah, and alignment is a really good synonym for it. Yeah, but the alignment of heart, mind, emotion, spirit. And of course, that's what our research at HeartMath says can actually bring in an intuitive direction, yes. you know, where your heart's intuitive guidance somehow from another level knows what's best for you and the wholeness and then exactly. integrity is acting on it, right? Yeah. And so like you can't be in integrity without dropping into the heart and feeling what the emotional and and maybe intuitive aspects of the situation are, and you can, and then you have to bring in your body and the sense perceptions and what's going on inside you that way. And then the mind has to come in and make sense of it. So it won't just turn into sort of a, an airy fairy, you know, the math has to work along with the heart. Right. And, um, yeah. And then the soul comes along because it enjoys truth. And <laughs> yes, the math has to work along with the heart. People say, why do you call it heart math? It seems like an oxymoron, mm. but you just described why. 
yeah. you know, that we really need to understand how the mind can integrate because the mind without enough heart has gotten us in the mess that we see in the yeah. world today. You get that phenomenon that Stephen Colbert called truthiness, mm. where something sort of feels true, even though the statistics say it's not and the, the numbers say it's not. Yeah, let's just go with what feels that way. So if you go to mushy definitions of you know emotional realities and you don't bring in all the other meaning making systems you can drift off course i mean all those perceptual systems are there for a reason and the reason i think is to learn how to make them all work together like a like a machine in structural integrity so a, an airplane that is in structural integrity can fly this miraculous event the huge machine lifting off into the air because all its parts are working together. It's in integrity. And if it loses structural inherity, in integrity, it might fall out of the sky. It might not take off. And that's not about morality. It's just about the way things work in the real world. And our lives are the same way. That's exactly right. The human operating system, that's what we call it, researching how it all, the heart, the mind, the nervous system, the emotions, the you know, what's the different signals? And it can be right. really confusing for people. That's one reason why, you know, HeartMath developed techniques, but also you have in your book, The Way of Integrity, designed to help us discern what our heart intelligence, we call it, you call it the inner teacher, inner yeah. guidance. What's it signaling or saying? And how do we distinguish those signals from the mind's justifications? or the ego's reactions, or the emotional pulls that, oh, that's my heart's desire, and then it's mm. ended up not being. It's really our attachments or our projections or expectations yeah. of what's going to fulfill us. All that stuff. How do you uh, help people when you say talk about listening to the inner teacher and the signals it yeah. gives? Well, another term I use for the very same phenomenon is a sense of truth. So when you choose what to believe, you're, you're not believing the thing outside yourself. It has to register with your sense of truth. And people are born, we're all born with a sense of truth. That's our nature. But nature immediately runs into culture. We run into other people and their expectations. And our systems are wired to respond to those from the time before we can even talk. So all of us experience cultural pressure in the sense of just, you know, you can have a family culture, a couple has a culture, a, a religion or ethnicity or whatever. And before we can even talk, part of our, our nature is usually not accepted by the culture. So in some families, a baby is, you know, not supposed to cry or a little boy isn't supposed to show any fear or a little girl isn't supposed to show any anger. There's a lot of gender stuff around it and everything. So what happens to us is because we so need to be loved and to belong, we actually sell out our true nature to go with the culture. And the moment we do that, we lose connection to the sense of truth. So it no longer feels like a really clear compass. It's just this sort of vague yearning that we've lost something and we don't know how to get it back. And that shows up differently for different people. But until they start to connect with, like you've got all these methods for dropping into the heart, I tend to start with the body and just say, connect with what your body is feeling. And they don't know. So when I spoke in front of large groups back before the pandemic, I used to stop right in the middle and say, is everyone comfortable? 
And they'd be sitting in some ballroom or theater or something. And they'd say, yeah, we're comfortable. And I'd say, no, seriously, are you, are you comfortable? And then everybody would look at each other like, what is she doing? Go on with the speech. We're totally comfortable. And then I would say, how many of you, if you were home alone, would be sitting in exactly the position you're in right now? And nobody would raise a hand. And I would say, why not? And it would take them several minutes to figure out that their bodies weren't very comfortable. And that's not the big problem. The big problem is not a mild discomfort. The big problem is that a, a moment before they swore up and down that they were perfectly comfortable and they thought they were telling the truth, even though their bodies knew they weren't comfortable. So that's what I mean by losing the sense of truth. And when you start to come back and you start to feel the body and feel the heart and then bring the mind, you click into that sense of truth. And it's like somebody gave you a big cup of coffee on a sleepy morning. It just, oh, now I'm awake, right? Yes. And um, yeah, you can start with pretty much any system, but you have to return to the sense of truth. That's right. It's all about waking up to what's really going on. We have a... Um technique for integrity that and heart math that we use I per, use periodically during the day and that is just a pause yeah. the power of pause yeah it's often we don't even do that to check in and we call it spot check hmm. you know you just look at what's going on in that spot in time in your right. thoughts your feelings your reactions your body yeah. and then if there is a reaction or something you not to analyze it with the mind and get all caught up in that self-centered reflection, but just ask your heart, what's underneath? Mm. And you have that self-honesty and heart vulnerability with yourself to be open mm -hmm. to whatever it is. Yeah, and you then, you know, you can apply, this is really important, compassionate latitude for whatever's going yeah. on, whatever you find, whatever you feel, because we don't you know, everybody's going through stuff. We don't give ourselves enough compassion or cut on ourselves enough slack or other people to accept whatever it is. Yeah. Then yeah. you have the power that adds the heart energy. 100%. That brings in the coherent alignment that takes you back to your integrity and raises your vibration to more of your true self. Absolutely. I, one of the the issues that I've noticed when people read this book is that they come back and they say, okay, I'm trying to be in integrity. It's really helping. It's done all these things, but I'm afraid I'm, I'm doing this wrong. And this was slightly out of integrity. And I, you know, how do I do? And, and they're, they're condemning themselves a little mm -hmm. bit. They're judging themselves for being even remotely yeah. dishonest or whatever. And the tool for that is not to push against whatever you perceive to be wrong with you. But just as you said, to immediately say, oh, you're welcome to like, okay, I'm slightly out of integrity. Well, let's look at why, because I'm hungry. Well, of course, anybody would feel that way. Come on in. And then there's a part of me going, but I should have kept my temper, even though I'm hungry. Oh, yeah, that's a judge. Come on in. You're welcome to judgment is part of the deal. We love you. like the whole community of self has to be accepted unconditionally. Or you're leaving the heart out of the equation, and that's not integrity. That rigid mental focus is not is not the wholeness of it. It's like you have to embrace it in order to rise above it and let go of the judgment, so you really are connected with everything. Yeah, it's not. There's there's a word called emergent, which I really like. It means something that incorporates and then transcends a certain level of operation. So Adams. Um, 
the, the, a molecule is a, an emergent form of atoms. It includes them and then it becomes the, something more. And a cell is an emergent form made up of a lot of molecules. It includes them and makes them something more. And integrity or the heart math solution, um, it accepts all the feelings that aren't particularly elevated and then makes them something more. And that's what you guys have been so brilliant at creating and researching uh, the way that we can take all the little pieces of ourselves that are scattered around, maybe not in integrity and bring them together in love, which makes them not just a concatenation of parts, but something greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have found that there's a lot of heart qualities or frequencies. They're all energies. Mm -hmm. And they have different textures, kindness, gratitude, mm -hmm. love, patience, all of the qualities of spirit in every major religion or culture mm -hmm. from time immemorial. But the actual energies of the heart that once activated create that internal alignment so you can connect more with your larger self and embrace the compassion, yeah. true compassion, not the overcare empathy that drains us, but the right. Kind, you know what I mean? That and, and then having the latitude from there, it lifts our awareness so that we really can let go of the they or the other yeah. and feel that connection. And latitude, you know, is so important for allowing ourselves to embrace the wholeness. Yeah. And the amazing thing about it is that, and I, I mentioned this briefly in my book, but you guys have really gone into it is that when you start to create that wholeness within yourself and you're holding all your parts with compassion and they're all aligning, you then start to realize your integrity with everything around you. Yes. So there's an integrity that includes not just my, all my inner parts, but you and the guy down the street and the person meditating on the other side of the world and everybody, all the animals, everything, it all starts to become one thing. And that, so that transcends our usual modes of consciousness. And, and yet it's very, very real. You get into integrity with your own self and suddenly you feel your integrity with other people and ultimately with everything. And I couldn't really go very far into that. That was, I sort of tiptoed around there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because it's considered, it's countercultural. It breaks the culture, but it is nature. Well, I love that you touched on it when you said the universe is one entity. I remember that yeah. because that's what my experience is. And Me too. that's what we have to help people know. And I think nature is such a key to that. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that our Global Coherence Initiative Research at the HeartMath Institute's finding is that heart coherent power spectrum, you know, in the physiology, it, it's at 0.1 Hertz, if hmm. you measure it. And nature's resonant frequency is that. And our resonance with each other's hearts is at that frequency. Now hmm. it's like, is that going to make a difference to scientists or to the world? And because we're all going to, it's like the mind sometimes needs that to go, oh, all right, I'll shift to the heart and let go of my cultural attachments. Right. Yeah. But there's a movement going on where people, especially younger people, are waking up to there's got to be something more, Yeah, you know, and anything we can do. That's why I honor so much what you did in your book and what you didn't say is probably as important for mm -hmm. reaching the culture as what you did say. 
Thank you. I, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I wrote the last quarter of the book many times because I was following Dante's divine comedy as a yeah. kind of, um, metaphor of human psychology. I've always read the divine comedy that way. And I found it really helpful. I think he was a genius. And I think he also transcended his culture and reached that state, that state of unity. And the last lines of the whole epic poem are, um, and then I, he switches from past tense to present tense. And he says, he's, he's found this place from which love originates and he steps into it. And he says, and now I, I become the love that moves the sun and the other stars. And every, like, I really believe that he had that experience. I could feel it as I was writing the book. I could feel the connection across history, across geography, everything coming together. But I had to rewrite that whole section of the book because it was just too much. Yeah. The, culture, the culture that we have now does not allow for that level of integration. Right. Uh, we intellectually believe it can't be so, but you know, when you have experience in meditation, when you're really working toward your own happiness, you get to that space. And in the divine comedy, it's so interesting because when Dante gets to that point, he literally says, stop reading. You're not going to like this and you won't understand it. <laughs> and then he goes right on and describes this phenomenon of becoming the love that moves the sun and the other stars. And if you use different methodologies that are not really considered useful in our culture you have that experience it's real absolutely no one can take it from you but it's amazing and intriguing the way you took the divine comedy and what you did with it i was <laughs> like wow because i read that in college i you know this is before i got into consciousness and meditation oh, yeah. i didn't get any of that out of it was just like helen i'm tired of helen damnation i never really got to the end yeah but you know, what you did illustrating it, I think will become part of college textbooks. It should. <laughs> I hope so, because I think Dante was a genius and I think he was working with the tools of his culture. He pushed language so hard. He broke the rules. He, he used his own vernacular Italian and then he broke the rules of, of grammar and that. He did this interesting grammatical thing and I'm only bringing it up because I think it pertains here. Never mentioned this in an interview before. But he uses pronouns as verbs so he starts saying things like i in himed me or he in himed myself or i in i i heard like she'd her <laughs> it's very difficult to even describe but what he's saying is there was a union of two selves that was an act an action it was a movement of energy not the bumping together of two physical people. We became inter intermingled with one another and the joy of it. And he describes that as an increasing radiance and luminosity and resonance of music. So he's using every metaphor he had for energy, sound waves, light waves. And he's talking about the merging of two hearts. And he, like he, tried so hard to describe the experience. And I read the divine comedy in, in college too, and they missed it. Nobody taught me that. It was all about the inferno, first of all, because that's right. a boring, horrible story. And everybody's bored by the, the purgatorio and, and paradiso parts because they're about coming into coherence. And the, the miracles 
the miraculous way reality begins to exhibit itself to you as you integrate heart, mind, body, and soul. Yeah, nobody gets it that way because the culture won't go there. But I think he did. And I think great sages and masters have been doing it all over the world throughout history. Well, you're helping, you're following your heart's guidance, what to say, what not to say, those signals to facilitate the culture, to help Mm -hmm. lift it. And that's really, I think, what a lot of us are here to do. And it's it taking back now to the practical of how do we do it? You know, that's fine to inspire, but mm-hmm. what do we do? And one of the things you talked about, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about is making one degree turns. Right. And I love that because it's like, for me, turning a radio dial to get rid of the static and to, it's like tuning the compass of the heart. I have my own analogies, but what do you mean yeah. by one degree turns? Well, I use that um, in the part of the book that is about bringing your actions into integrity with your deepest sense of truth. So the first part is about how to get rid of beliefs and, and thoughts and emotional impulses that are fighting each other within. So it's the kind of stuff you do in a therapist's office maybe, or in deep in meditation where you, you examine yourself and you allow peace to rise and the parts just gently cohere. So that's all internal. But then when you get up off the meditation cushion or you leave your therapist's office, what do you actually do right. in traffic with your loved ones when you're tired, when you you know are locked up because of a pandemic? Well, how does that change your actions? And it's very, very difficult to leap to perfect integrity. So Dante describes it as climbing a mountain. And the inferno was a pit. And he had to climb down through that. And then Purgatorio is a mountain where he has to take the truths he's learned by going through hell and actually apply them to his life. And it's very, very difficult, especially at first. So when I'm working with people, what I ask them to do, and this is what the heart will tell them if they'll listen to the heart, but they're usually listening to their minds because that's the culture. What the heart will tell you to do is take a small step toward, you know, move things a little bit closer to what you know to be absolutely right. You know, if you, if you've been, um, if you have really bad temper tantrums because you haven't really understood the the emotional parts of yourself and you find out that those parts are wounded and they're, uh, and it's hard for you to control them. Don't expect to be absolutely perfect in every moment of every interaction. Gently ask yourself, to take a deep breath, check in, and, and correct course a little bit the next time you start feeling scrappy or you snap at someone. Start to move, like if you were steering an airplane one degree north and you were turning it one degree as it flew, say 10,000 miles, you turned it one degree every half hour, you won't even notice the, the turn, but you'll end up in a very different spot. And those small steps, those small um, adjustments, as you were saying, those actually help you find the sweet spot and stay in it better than swearing that you're going to do everything right from now on. Oh, absolutely. Because you'll fall just like New Year's resolutions, you know. Exactly. That one little turn can realign your course of your next perceptions and your next choices. That's why. I love it. It's just, again, we have a technique in heart math called the freeze frame technique where you're kind of Mm -hmm. freezing the frame of the moment. 
you're shifting out of here to here and you're just asking quietly sensing your heart it's just what would be one one step and it's often your heart whispers like let it go just simple mm-hmm. things like yeah release it and move on or or it, or sometimes it's mind-blowing little things but if you step into it the whole key is stepping into it and yeah. having the courage to do that and test it we talk about become your own self-scientist yeah. right out you know make it easy and you're comfortable for people to to venture into the unknown for them Absolutely. And the time to do that, it will, what happens for most people, it certainly was this way for me, is that at first I would go way off my ideal course of action. I would, um, for example, stay up all night working too hard and then be grouchy and sleep deprived. And then after I would get to a bad place and I would notice, okay, this, this is not the way I'm supposed to live. And I would stop, check, turn a little bit, be a little kinder to myself. Um, get a little more rest, whatever. Then I got to the point where I was starting to treat myself better, which is a big part of coming into coherence or integrity, right? And during the time that I was pushing too hard, I would notice it, be able to sort of drop in, but not change it right away. Then I would notice right at the beginning, and I would do that stop check right as the I sort of left my integrity. And finally, I got to the point where I was about to do something that I'd learned by being my own scientist was not good for me. And I would say, take a deep breath, get calm, steer a little bit, one degree into a better direction. And then gradually all the behaviors in my life started to mellow out and get really consistent, coherent. So don't expect it all to happen right at once. Be very gentle and very gradual with yourself and, and you'll see big results. Totally. I think that's the universal experience when we get on this process, because as yeah. you listen to and act on that intuitive guidance, the, the intuitive prompter becomes louder. Yes. Until it gets to the point of saying, you know, my grandmother used to call a little birdie on her shoulder, you know, until it gets to the mm-hmm. point where you really, I, I sometimes just try to on radio shows, I call it a traffic light, red, yeah. green, yellow. You know, Love pause it. is yellow. Wait a minute till you get a signal. Red is no. And mm-hmm. green is go. <laughs> you know, the heart can speak as clearly as that. That's wonderful. Yeah. I love all those analogies. They work so well. Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, we look at the world situation yeah. and, you know, you and I, we're all heart math. We're speaking to people who are ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and integrity is essential to people. We learning how to get along with each other and nations getting along, which is a challenge. Even in our politics, we see, we look at the blatant and unapologetic lack of integrity occurring in political discourses, fueling world events. And somehow it's justified that we don't tell the truth, that we lie to ourselves and each other in order to get what we want. And it's so blatant more. So, I mean, I think a lot of us are like shocked. But at the other hand, I can see that it all was there. It just had to come to the surface yeah. to get out. What are your thoughts about humanity's future? Well, um, my doctorate is in sociology and I, I started my whole self-help career very much um, driven by the, the vision that I know you have at HeartMath that there must be a transformation of human consciousness in order basically for us to keep surviving on the planet, the planet will be fine, but we may not be if we don't change something. 
And the reason it's getting so crazy, in my view, is not that the system isn't working, it's that the system of society we have that's dominating the planet is working exactly the way it was designed to work. It was de designed by people of power and wealth um, to dominate the many, to benefit the few, and to allow people to run roughshod over each other if they want to, but only, only some people at the very top of the pyramid. So it's the people at the top that are most egregiously violating the basic tenets of human compassion because the culture is built to do that. I mean, the reckoning of racial um, issues that came during the, the pandemic after George Floyd's murder. We live in a society that was based on people owning other people, torturing them, raping them, exploiting them, you know, with no compunction whatsoever. This is our cultural heritage and it's not that far behind us. And it's still in play with racism, sexism, um, all types of isms, with uh, dictators feeling like they can just freely stomp on, just go take another country and kill people. And everybody goes, wow, what do we do? Because the system is set up to facilitate that. So it's reaching a point. It's always been this way, right? It's been this way since, like, if you look at the 14th century, when the, this is why Dante was interesting to me. That was when the merchants and the politicians were getting together and creating the system that we basically still have. And it's a very powerful system and it's working for a few. But now we also have communication technologies that are allowing the many to look at this and to have voices, which they did not have in the 13th, 14th century. Now, anybody with a smartphone has a voice. And people in general are saying this system, we hate it. <laughs> it's wrong. It doesn't matter. It has no integrity. It's built to facilitate and to benefit people who lie and hurt each other. And that is not our nature. And here's the interesting thing. As that darkness rises, because the system is meant to make it rise up and up and up and up, and it's doing just that. And it's getting to the point where we've threatened our own existence on the planet. With that, we live in a dual universe, right? And as that darkness has been rising, so has an equivalent light. And when you and I met years and years ago, we were like, are you here about the transformation of consciousness? Yes. Okay. So am I. From my childhood, I've met people who for no reason believe ourselves to be facilitators and co-facilitators of a great transformation of consciousness. And that group is huge. When I used to speak to people and I would ask people to raise their hands. And in some audiences, no one would raise their hands if I said, do you feel you're here to participate in a transformation of consciousness? But in other crowds, it would be almost 100%. Yeah. The thing about this, and I'm sorry to go on so long, but is that as the dark part rises, it makes more and more noise. So it looks like it's everything. But as the light side rises, it creates stillness which is not noticeable, but it's much more powerful than the evil we're seeing. So I am very optimistic. I think that the system is breaking under its own weight and that the people who are here to change and create a brand new system are rising, are getting equipped by people like you, 
are getting the science, getting the techniques, and getting ready to make something completely different. Beautifully said. I couldn't agree more. And thank you for so eloquently expressing that. I really appreciate At such light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's time. Let's close this episode, which to me has been wonderful and inspiring with our heart meditation, where each of us can create a heart energy of intention and commitment to add more integrity in our lives. So we'll start by getting heart coherent. So let's first focus our attention in the area of the heart. We'll do some heart focused breathing. Just imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or chest area, just breathing a little slower and deeper than usual. Just find an easy rhythm that's comfortable. Now, as you continue heart-focused breathing, let's lift our vibration by activating a genuine heart quality, a regenerative feeling such as appreciation, gratitude, or care for someone or something in your life. And when you can't shift into a regenerative feeling right away, just breathe a feeling of calm or neutral through your heart area. This often helps draw to us the quality feelings that lift our perceptions and helps us release and prevent stress. As we're breathing that appreciation or heart quality, coming into heart-brain coherence. Let's ask our heart, where could I have more integrity in my life? And listen for the heart's intuitive guidance. be just one little thing, just a little attitude shift or someone you need to talk to or just whatever your heart's saying or prompting. And if you don't get an answer right away, the universe has a way of drawing it to you through other events or other times. If you do get that indication, commit to stepping into it, acting on it.
Now let's visualize that together in this heart energy, we're co-creating a reservoir of heart energy that each of us can access as needed over the next month to help reaffirm and reboot our commitment or reduce stress or have more compassionate latitude for ourselves or others. Heart energy is very real. So see a reservoir that we're co-creating to facilitate each of us. Now let's close this heart meditation by holding in our hearts with compassion, all who are experiencing stress, overwhelm, anxiety, fear during these unstable times. So radiate that compassion from our hearts and see the heart energy helping to uplift or make something easier in the energetic field. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And thank you, Martha. Any, any last words? Uh, no, just, just words of gratitude for the incredible work you guys have done. I've been following HeartMath, um, you know, reading everything you put out for years and years. And um, it's very, very exciting. So thank you for letting me be on the show. Well, thank you, Martha. And if there's any way... I or anyone at HeartMath can facilitate you and your work or anything we can do together to help, just let me know. I appreciate ah, it. Thank you. We're all just one, one heart, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Thank you everyone for sharing in this episode with Martha and me and our next Ad Heart podcast will launch on Tuesday, June 21st, 2022 at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Ad Heart Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch the latest episodes. If you're wanting even more heart-inspired content, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Clubhouse, and LinkedIn. Look for HeartMath and also the HeartMath Institute. Both organizations are committed to helping activate the heart of humanity.